And it's time for another episode of the Hillbillies in the Holler podcast with your hosts, Boo Boo, Biggins, Buford, and goodness knows who else. Y'all pull up a chair and set a spell. And welcome back to glorious downtown Boogertown. I'm Buford. I'm Boo Boo. I'm Claude. And you're back with another episode of the Hillbillies in the Holler podcast. Well, 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 what an interesting couple of weeks. Isn't it, though? We had a little something happen uh, here in the Southeast Conference a uh, weekend before last. We we had already recorded last week's episode uh, about uh, Haynes and Boogertown, so we did not talk about the University of Tennessee and the University of Alabama meeting on the hallowed grounds of the Neyland Stadium and uh, fighting to... Uh, Sudden death almost. It's a great game. It was a great game. Great game. It, it, I mean, to the point, really, it didn't matter who won. It was a great game, but the outcome was just breathtaking. And on that note, here's a message from our good pal, Gary Cargill. I have been hunting a Tennessee shirt all week because I was trapped. I was... I was Invited to make a bet with Hillbillies in the Holler, uh, especially Buford and Boo Boo, about, uh, about the Tennessee Alabama game last week. Well, sure, they ain't beat us in 15 years. Didn't look, you know, we had our Heisman quarterback back, but no. But I hear they got the Got the goalpost back up. Uh, by the way, uh, I have Coach Saban. I still was a student at Alabama, and I still have four years of eligibility left. And uh, I once hit a 52-yard field goal in high school, so I'm pretty much like that uh, guy on Married with Children. I mean, I'm pretty sure I could just step back in there and do it again. But anyway, I'll uh, other thing is, I was supposed to wear in this in this production. This uh, this congratulations to the Big Orange, uh, but there's not a Tennessee shirt left in West Georgia, East Alabama. Uh, it's just if anybody had one, they sold it to somebody else that lost a bet. So anyway, I, I swear I'm going to do it. So I just wanted to know. Wide. And I'm so glad I saw this morning that Tennessee got the goalpost back up. And uh, that's great because it's for another game. And, I, you know, they said it costs $100,000 to do that. And I know it seats around 100,000 people, so you could just add a dollar on everybody's ticket, really, and then let them just tear them down every week. I, 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 think, I thought, now... And I heard that it was a protest for Orange Lives Matter. Uh, I don't know exactly what all that entails outside of that. There's all the people running around. And I know that one lady took some, like, actually dug the grass up to take with her. So hats off and thank you for your service to the grounds crew up there that, that, that got all that stuff. I think, pretty sure, they're at home against Middle Tennessee State. So they had to they had to get that done. They they didn't have like an off week or something. 
So anyway, uh, good luck to you today, and uh, it's good, really, to say this. 15 years of rivalry, our 15-year winning streak for Alabama, and for a rivalry to stay alive, for it to actually be a rivalry, well, the other team's got to be able to beat you sometime. So I'm glad to have the rivalry, and uh, we'll smoke cigars and get me a get me a Tennessee shirt next time. Y'all have a good day wherever you're going. I'm going to Jacksonville State University homecoming with my beautiful wife that uh, that never like, wants to go to see her or anything. But anyway, she's going to the ball game with me. I'm real proud. And I'm going to meet some old fraternity brothers there. They're fraternity brothers and they're old, so we'll get that done. So anyway, toodaloo, y'all. God bless. Well, thank you, Gary. Well, um, I don't know if he knows this, but we've got plenty of UT shirts up here, and by golly, I will buy him one. Oh my goodness! Well, you know what? Now that was I mean, very. He that can't was, afford it. That, I know. You know, he's was. just touring with that Southern mama, and you know, but Filling I, out theaters and arenas everywhere. Yeah, coliseums. Well, I tell you what. Now that was a very gracious statement, Gary, and we do appreciate it. And you're absolutely right. A rivalry don't mean nothing if the other team don't whoop you every once in a while. And but I, that was so that was so cute. Well, it's been sixteen years, and I've heard that a bunch. Or yeah, fifteen years. I've, I've heard that a bunch. All the people on every time I get people on the bus from Alabama, they're like, "Well, we got to give you one every once in a while. You won't keep coming back." Mm-hmm. That game got so wild that uh, one hundred two thousand people poured out into the field, tore the goalpost down, carried it down to Cumberland Avenue, and tossed them into the river. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. Who knew that there'd be a game next week and we're going to need some goalposts? Yeah, uh, Boo Boo, you went to that game yesterday. I did. It was Tennessee's homecoming. I did. That's the second game you've been to this year because you and I went to the Akron game. We did, we did. <clears throat> and um, I called Boo Boo yesterday. It was the fourth quarter. I said, that, and I had seen the score at halftime, and, and, you know, UT Martin's a very small school over in West Tennessee. It's actually where my sister and her husband and their daughter all went to college. But it's a small school. They, they're not going to be able to compete with UT Knoxville. And I called Boo Boo in the fourth quarter. I said, how's the game going? Are they still whooping the snot out of them? And what would you say? Well, they're letting their mamas play now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Had the grandparents out there, you know. I was impressed. Special teams. After halftime, they all they went on ahead and put the second, third team in for the third quarter, you know. So yeah. our starters only had to play two quarters so you gotta let them boys have some experience yeah, like too 65 24 something like that yeah i think at the beginning of the half they were playing the cheerleaders and then they let mom and daddy and the grandparents play the fourth quarter <laughs> they just letting everybody play who wants to play they walking around yelling down the alley anybody down there want to play you want to play we'll get you in there for two three plays who wants to play that's like when Tennessee played Akron. They Tennessee left the field, and it still took Akron four plays to score. <laughs> I tell you this, I, I thought about taking them up on that. I figured I'd be good at least once. But then they'd be, <laughs> they'd have to take a commercial. Somebody would have to haul me off that field. <laughs> oh, boo boo, be stove up. I'd be Ooh. stoved up, stoved up, sore, stoved up. Who said I was supposed to stretch first? I, I know, know, right? That's getting exciting, y'all. This uh, fall weather and the leaves are changing. We're in peak week up here in the Smoky Mountains. I know, and I hate it like all get out, but we were down two days this week with broke down buses. How about that? Right in the middle of peak season. But thankfully, we were able to get a lot of those folks moved around to other days. We added some extra tours so we could accommodate everybody. 
I'm sure a few folks left <clears throat> without getting to go, but they I'm sure they got refunds, and we hope they'll come and see us next time. That's just one of them freak things that happens. All right. All right, Mountain William, I got a question for you. All right, I got Somebody an answer. Somebody asked me Let's this, see if and they I match. said I was going to ask you this. They said, when the leaves change color, and they know it's because different breeds of trees or types of trees, but why are the leaves different colors? Why don't they just all change to brown and fall off or something? Well, it depends, again, on the tree species and then on other chemical factors in the tree. Sarah Claude, I tell you. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Well, the, the, and one thing, you know, we talk about this on the tour. I talk about how the, the extinction of the, of the uh, passenger pigeon affected the life of the white oak because they were a big part of the white oak's life cycle. And over the last hundred years, we've seen a decline in the number of white oaks. And one of the reasons we know that is <clears throat> if you take a photograph of the fall colors today and compare them to a painting done in the 19th century, you'll see the colors are very different. Really? Because in the 19th century, there was a lot more white oaks. And today, our fall foliage doesn't look like it did a hundred years ago. Well, I know that... Uh... <clears throat> We've lost a lot of our chestnut, if not about all our chestnut trees. Well, that was a little over 100 years ago, yeah, in the chestnut blight. Yeah, because that was literally almost half of our forest. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what the cabins were built with. It wouldn't smoke when you burned the wood. And it's it's very long-lasting. You, you can go over to the North Carolina side of the park over near Mingus Mill, and you can hike. It's about a mile in to the Gray Ghost. It's a 12-foot thick stump of a chestnut tree that's been dead over 100 years, and it's still standing there. Some fungus from some other country was brought in. And yeah, it was a blight. It. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, it was a blight. We have uh, we lost most of our chestnut trees. Now the, you can still find chestnut trees here in America, but they're Chinese chestnut. It's a different. That's a different type. Of chestnut. A different type of chestnut. That old chestnut. They said that's what they made old bridges out of and everything because oh, yeah, they wouldn't they last up. forever. They last forever. Uh, yeah. The foot well, logs you walked across was chestnut. Well, if that stump's been in the ground for a hundred years, you know it's been there a long time. That's that's. But the, but to answer your question, the the chemicals that cause the different colors, of course, chlorophyll makes uh, trees green, but in the fall, xanthophyll is what is left behind in the yellow leaves, and <clears throat> uh, anthocyanin is the chemical that makes the leaves red. You got and, this down, far. and you can oh, tell. Yeah. You could tell how good or bad the soil is beneath a tree that's leaves turn red by how red they turn. For instance, I'm looking across the road here at my neighbor's tree and he's got a just kind of a pale russet color. So that means that the the uh, earth around that tree is pretty healthy. But if you see bright bright red, well that means that the soil is poor. Really? And what the tree is doing, it's putting more nutrients into those leaves before they mm -hmm. fall off so that those nutrients will act as compost for the tree the next year it's feeding itself. So the worse the, the earth is, the worse the dirt is, the uh, brighter, brighter the, the red leaves will Well, be. I'll be. You probably will be. I will be. <laughs> well, I knew it made like compost, and it's just like recycling. Yeah, it's a recycling thing. Nature's recycling. Well, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, BigfootSearchGear.com. Dot com. Do you walk through the forest with an eye open for the unknown? Do you believe that Bigfoot is out there, somewhere? He may be hiding, but you don't have to. Let the world know you believe. Visit BigfootSearchGear.com for the largest collection of apparel and gifts for Bigfoot enthusiasts. 
Bigfoot t-shirts, hats, stickers, signs, and keychains, as well as Sasquatch hot sauce. It'll make you howl like a Yeti. Go to BigfootSearchGear.com and enter promo code HILLBILLIES at checkout for 10% off. Free shipping to anywhere in the U.S. on orders over $25. BigfootSearchGear.com And we're back. Now, it's October. We did an episode on Haints last week. We released that reel on Facebook with me and you in that cemetery. Yeah. That was fun. <clears throat> Actually, that was a graveyard. You know the difference between a graveyard and a cemetery? Money? No. What? <laughs> it's a good, that's a good yeah, guess. Who's got insurance or not? A graveyard is attached to a church. A cemetery is not. A cemetery is just a burial ground. Well, I didn't know that. There you go. Either. The graveyard is attached to the church. And that so one, what you're saying is cemeteries don't have homecomings. Right. But graveyards do. Right. There you go. Decorations. Is Decoration day. Yep. That's right. But anyway, we did, that, we did that. We did that. He and I were just walking down the road at night and we come up on this, this graveyard and I said, I said, let's shoot a Halloween thing. We've had that in the can for a few weeks. And uh, it was, I said, you believe in haints? And he or I said, you scared of haints? He said, no, that and behind you looks real friendly. And I said, what? And jumped out. <laughs> Somebody was, didn't know what a haint was. Oh, a lot of folks didn't. I said, that's the first comment I put on there. I said, you think we ought to tell these people what a haint is? And he said, I reckon so. Somebody else commented, said, if they don't know, they don't need to know. <laughs> well, that's probably true. <laughs> but anyway, I was going to say, I thought it would be interesting <laughs> since it is, this, this episode is going to be coming out the week of Halloween. Um, to uh, talk about scary movies, your favorite scary movies. What was your first scary movie? I think my first scary movie was Dracula, the nineteen thirty one. Oh yeah, Bella yeah the black and white. Bella I remember blood, watching that. Blood, blood. He never said that. Oh, it was. <laughs> but blood, I, blood. he said, I day. don't drink wine. Um, but uh, I, uh, I remember watching it on TV, and I remember it was either that or Frankenstein. They had a guy come out at the beginning in front of the curtain and warn you that this was going to be one of the most terrifying things you'd ever seen. And I watched it as a kid, and I mean, it was scary, but it, it wasn't like, even even then in the 1970s, we had come so far from the 1940s that what they thought of scary back then or in the 30s was not scary to us 40 was years later. The Ghost of Mr. Chicken? I love that movie. Don Knox. That's so Yep, 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 yep. Well, you know, well, here's the rock. <laughs> now, Andy, you got to nip it. Nip it, nip it, nip it. Two rules. Number one, obey all rules. <laughs> Number two, do not write on the walls because it is hard to clean writing off the walls. <laughs> what was your first scary movie? Oh, uh, I remember those black and whites, but the one that really gave me nightmares they is bets is the same year as uh uh well there's three of them. there's one called the asylum and which is looking at it now as a comedy it was about a psych ward an asylum and uh and ghost story it was called ghost story that was the one with fred astaire uh was one of the last movies he did late in his life that one i remember that nightmares one. and then the other was uh uh uh, the, 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 not the omen, because that came out, the uh, 
that they spun a head around there. Oh, the exorcist. The exorcist, yeah. Yeah, well, that was creepy. All those came out a lot together. The Omen and that one about that house is supposed to be based on True Stories Haunted. And Amityville. Amityville. And then you had uh, Spielberg coming in with the Poltergeist movies. What's the deal with that? That curse of the Poltergeist movies where everybody, there's only like two or three people still alive from that production. Yeah, a lot of people died. Uh, the girls that played the sisters, they died real young. Yeah, that was crazy. <clears throat> I don't know. You could probably do that with any movie if you looked hard enough. But um, well, about- the old Twilight Zones used to fascinate me too. And just it wasn't as like like scary, scary, but or like, I wouldn't say horror, but it was just some of mysterious them to where you just like some troubling. Of them, they were troubling. Yeah, some of them were horror, like the one with uh, um, Telly Savalas with Talking Tina. Oh, my God. name is Tina, and oh, yeah. I hate you. Ooh, oh no. yeah, I forgot about Tina. That was not cool at all. So I was thinking of the little kids playing kick the can, and they were old people. Yeah, I like the one with the um, Billy Moomy, where he he would send the people out into the cornfield and stuff. He he, the kid that could control the world with his mind. Oh, yeah. that was creepy. They remade that in the 1980s with that uh, the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah, did you see the one where the guys thought they'd landed on Mars and there's trying to survive they all killed each other and then the one that was left made it over this ridge and saw San Diego yeah he was like, like right there in the age still on earth <laughs> they were still on earth <laughs> I like Nightmare on Elm Street yeah oh awesome. is that the one you Jamie Lee Curtis was Night, Nightmare on Elm Street was the one with uh, Freddy Krueger <laughs> Jason was in uh, uh, Halloween Halloween right. and Michael Myers was in now Michael Myers was in high, Halloween Jason Jason was in uh, Friday the 13th Okay, so the yeah. Halloween's one, Jamie Lee Curtis was in. Yes, yes. Um, that's popular little fad there, scary movies for a while. Huh? Yeah. I'll tell you a movie that scared me. Misery. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, the, the book was the first book I ever read that actually scared me was Misery because that could really happen. Yeah. And the movie Everything was, was believable. The movie was good, but I'll tell you what, I actually got to see it on stage as a play in London yeah. with Sharon Gless from Cagney and Lacey playing Annie. Right. Oh, dude, it was horrifying. And they went back to the book. In the movie, you remember she hobbled him. She put yeah. his feet between the, the blocks. Bl- okay, in the book and in that play, she chopped his foot off with an axe. And <clears throat> they've got this this they've got this they've uh, man strapped down to the bed yeah. and his foot laying out there. And Sharon Glass has got that axe up over her head. And I'm in the fourth row thinking, it's going to be like a Gallagher concert. I'm about to get splattered, you know. And she lifts it up over her head, and he's screaming, Oh, no, Annie, please, no, don't do it, no, no, no. And she's lifting it and lifting it and lifting it. And she goes, Oh, for God's sakes, Paul, I'm a nurse. Whack! And as she brought the axe down, they killed the lights, and all you could see was them in silhouette, and you saw that foot fly about five feet up in the air and land on the stage. And she walks over and picks it up by the big toe. And, go, and of course, you can see the actor in silhouette just writhing against yeah. the headboard. She picks that foot up by the big toe and says, I'll just take out the trash. <laughs> that was my reaction. <laughs> that was my reaction. I was sitting in the fourth row of that theater going, I, I need to leave. Uh, <laughs> this is too much. I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but the first movie that I ever saw that really, really scared me, believe it or not, was a made for TV movie called Trilogy of Terror. It was three short films in one, but one of them, and if I, if you ever saw it, you'll remember this, was about this woman who bought 
a little African doll at an antique shop with a gold chain around its waist. Yeah. And she was talking about how the gold chain was supposed to keep the the spirit of the warrior inside of the statue. And she set it down on the table and she walked away. You saw the gold chain fall to the table. And the next thing you know, she's running through the apartment being chased by this thing with a little knife. And I actually heard... No voodoo thing. I heard the film... Oh, I, heard, oh, that's <coughs> you. Chuck it. I heard the director of the movie talking about it. He said they put a... Because this was in the days before they had all the cool equipment that they have these days. They actually put the camera on a skateboard and pushed it through the apartment chasing oh, her. Great. And that's how they got the shots from the dummy's perspective. That reminds me, the other night... Beulah Dean hollers downstairs and she says, Hey, Buford. I said, what? She said, do you ever get a searing pain across your chest like somebody stabbing a voodoo doll? And I said, no. She said, how about now? (laughs) (laughs) Did you get it? It's working now. (laughs) Well, let's take another quick break for a word from our sponsor, uh, coffeeandsugar.com. And today's episode is brought to you by coffeeandsugar.com. That's K-A-W-F-E-E-A-N-D-S-U-G-A-R. Coffeeandsugar.com. Home of Granny's Hillbilly Coffee. Some of the best coffee you'll ever drink. If you use promo code HOLLER at checkout, you'll save 15% off orders of $29 or more. Visit coffeeandsugar.com and tell them the Hillbillies in the Holler sent you. And we're back. Yeah. She said, I'll never buy that from my yard sale again. <laughs> it's nothing been burnt. Nothing been burnt. Nothing been burnt. Can you get it now? A friend of mine, uh, Taylor Mason's great ventriloquist. Oh, yes. You know yes, Taylor? Yes. Yeah. He worked with the, the Gaithers the, for a long time. He's on the Caribbean now. He's doing cruise ships. Yeah, Taylor's great. But his dummy, Romeo, is always talking about all the bad jobs he's had. And he says, I, I used to be a voodoo doll. And... uh Taylor says, really? He goes, yeah, turn my leg around. And he'll twist his leg all the way around the foot, flops him real 180 degrees. He goes, ooh, doesn't that hurt? He goes, not me. Some guy in Kansas right now is losing his mind. mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, amigo Kansas is losing his mind. Woo! <laughs> there, out there at that swimming pool. My leg's doing that thing again. <laughs> Talking about scary TV shows and movies, this and troubling. They had a series of... Part one, two, and three called Faces of Death. Oh, yes. now see, that wasn't a horror movie. That, that was just awful. straight up. That's horrible. It was that, horrible. It was horrible. It was a horrible yeah. movie. Yeah. Why would anybody? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we watched them when we were teenagers. We thought it was fake. We Yeah, we went and like, we rented it. I don't it. think this is fake. No. No, it wasn't fake. Uh. It was real, and it was very horrifying. That's the thing. It, it And our modern culture, there's a camera everywhere. And lots of stuff gets caught. Good night. Yeah, that was troubling. That was real trouble, especially the monkey one. That's what I was thinking the electric chair. Yeah, that was pretty bad too. Yeah, or the gas chamber. Yeah. Oh man. What about Sparky? That's what they called him down here, Sparky, down at the Green Mile. Mm -hmm. Oh, Sparky. Oh, Sparky. Guys, I was shooting. I wouldn't. I was on a film where I was an extra and. uh, they shot down there at that prison there in Nashville, where old Sparky was. And I, I'd never been down there at that prison. They had this one, looked like a blockhouse, right in the middle of the yard. 
and had the big stone walls with the guard towers and everything. And we're walking around there setting up cameras and they said, going to be shooting in this building here. We walked in there and I tell you, the hair on my neck stood up. You know how we was talking a few weeks back about antiques and things, giving you energy? It was the coldest. It was like you could see your breath. You feel, and I found out that's where Sparky used to be. Wow. How many people sat in old Sparky there? Wow. Tennessee prison there. And I was like, whoa, I explained. I said, guys, I just, I kept saying, my chest, I can't take a deep breath. I just can't even breathe in here. It's almost like I was hyperventilating. I was just like, it was so thick in there. Yeah. I had to get out of there. Well, you know where the, the whole electric chair thing came from was... Uh, Accident. <clears throat> no. It was... Uh, just one of them riding me along. Edison, Edison and Westinghouse were both pushing different forms of electricity, AC and DC. And they were both trying to make the other one look bad. And so Edison... Well, electric chair will do it. Oh, Ed, yeah. Edison developed the electric chair using Westinghouse's version of electricity to make it... Well, look how dangerous it is. And the first thing they electrocuted was an elephant. And they filmed it, and they put that film out everywhere for people to see this elephant getting killed by Westinghouse's version of electricity. And I forget who was on AC and who was on DC. That's it, all above my head. That's engineering stuff. But but they they and then and then they started using it to execute criminals. But but Edison developed it using that poor elephant. Yeah, and it's not the volts that get you; it's the amps. Yeah. See, I've never understood the difference, but I don't know. I'll. I would think the heart attack walking down the aisle would get you for you. You know, that's uh, that's not the first elephant that's been executed. They actually executed one here in Irwin, Tennessee, back in the 1800s. you remember that story? Is that the one they hung? Yeah. The train? Hung him from the train trestle, yeah. Yeah, cause, because and they he, had it twice. Couldn't kill him the first time. No, they killed her the first time. It was they, a female, but they, they, they buried it. Buried her in the train yard. Yeah. She's still, the, the bones are still there. Nobody knows exactly where, but, but yeah, she had killed a guy. The weekend before, up in another town, she would. It didn't even happen in Irwin. They just had to do it in Irwin because that's where there was a place high enough to hang the elephant. <clears throat> and the next town down the road, I think it was Johnson City or somewhere, said they couldn't come. I read a book about it a few years ago, but said they couldn't come if that elephant was still with them. But it wasn't the elephant's fault, number one, because a lot of folks will say elephants shouldn't even be in that situation. But the guy that she killed, it was his first day with the circus. He had never been around elephants in his life. They gave him a bull hook, which is this big, horrible thing they used to use to torture the elephants and beat them with. And they said, take these elephants down and get them water. Well, he gets up on the back of this elephant that he's never been around in his life. And he starts walking them down towards where the water was they were going to drink. And they went by a stand where a guy was selling watermelon. And folks have been eating watermelon and throwing them rinds on the ground. Well, them elephants love those watermelon rinds. So they're picking them up. She started eating them. He starts beating her on the side of the head, trying to get her to go on. She didn't want him to do that. So she reached up with her trunk, grabbed him, threw him on the ground, and stepped on his head. Yeah. And he was deader than four o'clock. And then she went back to eating watermelon. And the next day or two, they, they executed that elephant. Sad, sad story. But that happened up in Irwin, Tennessee. I forget what year it was. It's in the late 1800s. <clears throat> wow. I pulled up last words of the electrocuted. Oh, goodness gracious. The last 15 famous last words from criminals on death row. In 1987, a feller said, I'd rather be fishing. Well, that's like when when um, Stan Laurel was on his deathbed, he wasn't getting executed, but he was yeah. sick and dying. He told the nurse, I should like to be skiing right now. She said, I didn't know you skied. He said, I don't, but I'd rather be doing anything but this. 
And then he told her, if anybody doesn't smile at my funeral, I'll never speak to them again. <laughs> A feller in Oklahoma said, I think the governor's phone is broke. He hadn't called yet. <laughs> Barbara Graham in 1955 right before said, good people are always so sure they're right. Ooh. Yeah, I was listening to Alan Alda today on a podcast being interviewed, and he was talking about that. They were asking him about playing villains. Yeah. <clears throat> they said, "You play those. You, every time you play a villain, there's a, there's a level of of humanity behind them." And he said, "Yeah." He said, "Everybody thinks that what they're doing is right. That's true. Nobody does something specifically just to be evil. People who do evil things are just misguided, but in their heart, they think they're right." He said, "Even Hitler loved his dog, you know, but." Uh, so he said, "You have to play a villain with a with a level of compassion, with a level of empathy, where you where you feel like that what they think they're doing right. is right." Well, George Apple in 1928 last words were, "Well, gentlemen, you're about to see a baked apple." <laughs> now, see, that's taking lemons and making lemonade, or in yeah. this case, apples and making baked <laughs> apples. <laughs> I wonder if he, anybody ever thought about going on ahead and giving this guy a psych test because his last words were, I love my family, potato, potato, potato. He was trying to make them think he wasn't right in the head and they shouldn't execute him. I guess so. <clears throat> well, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. Potato, potato, potato. Maybe he said potato, potato, potato. You don't know. It's written down. Well, he could have oh. said potato, potato. This is true. Tater. We call it tater. We always call them tigers. What do you think, Claude? I don't know. I don't think it's sparky. I'd give him some good advice. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Uh, here's a stick back down on it. I don't know. How about this for a headline for tomorrow's paper? This guy's name is James French. He said, how about this for a headline for tomorrow's paper? French fries. Wow. Well, keep the faith and rock on. A lot, a lot of interesting stuff here. You know, I think if I was being executed, they said, have a seat in old Sparky here. I'd say, you mind if I stand? <laughs> yeah. You don't mind me. I just stand right here. Maybe I'll step over here to the left. <laughs> you don't. Y'all ever seen movie Green Mile? Oh, uh, yeah. that's a great movie. That that was filmed in that same building. Oh, really? Yeah, there in Nashville. Uh huh. That 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 actually was where Sparky was in that hallway, and that's how those sales were in that movie. And we shot out of there in that movie, The Last Castle of Robert Redford. So, if y'all have so, a real keen eye, you can catch picture. You can catch uh, young. Boo Boo running around in there as an extra in that movie, The Last Castle. Sergeant Blackburn getting beat up by prisoners. <laughs> well, I, I got to lay out a couple of them. That's all right. That's a fun time. Oh. Let's see here. Scary movies, scary TV shows. You know, Roseanne always had a. I mean, I just couldn't wait for her October Halloween show. Remember that? No, I don't. Roseanne? I watched a few episodes. Every season, that was her big blow-up. It's been a big blow-up. They blew the house up one time. Mm. I was like the Simpsons Halloween episodes, the Treehouse of Terror. Those were were fun. 
Well, this has been a lot of fun, and this will be our uh, episode for the week leading up to Halloween. We hope you all all have a safe Halloween. We appreciate you coming and hanging out with us here in Boogertown today. And uh, if you are interested in Hillbillies in the Holler or Meet Buford merchandise, you can go to hillbilliesintheholler.com or .us and meetbuford.com. Follow us on social media at Hillbillies in the Holler, at Meet Buford. And uh, <clears throat> you can also, that's on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and that Tiki Talky thing. Keep listening to the podcast. Give us reviews on Apple Podcast. Uh, we got a new one, by the way. Oh, we did, huh? Yeah, we did. We got a new uh, uh, review this week, <clears throat> which I thought was quite cute. Let me see here. I'll look it up and read it to you. And we, they can find us on theredneckbus.com. Yeah, and come and see us live. We had a, somebody come to... Uh, um, to the bus today that was one of my TikTok fans. That was really cool. Here we go. Five stars. Hilarious. This is from Angela Bonafide Reformed HB. Oh, Reformed Hillbilly. Okay. Uh, says, I look forward to Tuesdays. Please consider doing more than one show per week. Well, we've, we've tried. We, we, we probably ought to, you know, we could come up with a little like 10 minute bonus episode kind of format, but it's hard enough for us to get together once a week to record this. But we do appreciate that that uh, we'll try review. It. I tell you, that sounds like a dare to me. Let's try it. We may not be able to do it in the next couple of weeks, but let's let's try it. Just maybe first of the year we start season three. We'll start adding some mini episodes. Do some mini episodes, and but we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, keep on keeping on, and uh, be sure and come back next week. By the way, Gator, if you're listening, Howie Mandel is still doing fine. So in the meantime, I'm Buford. I'm Boo Boo. I'm Claude. Hey, Claude, try not to talk so much next time. All right. Y'all be good to each other. You've been listening to the Hillbillies and the Holler podcast. Come back next week for a whole lot more fun right here in downtown Boogertown.